Can you tell me why? So this is a, a breaking down of a barrier. Can you tell me why? The solution could very well be... Can you tell me why? All of which really begs, I think, a bigger question. It just triggers all our instincts of wanting to know what happens then. Why do universities exist? I know a hell of a lot more now. I mean, how many academics do you want to hear in one day? Hello and welcome to Can You Tell Me Why, the podcast where we get surprising answers to difficult questions. My name is Hannah Laxton Coons. And my name is William Verity. And William, what are we dealing with today? All right, well, I think we should say that this is actually the very first episode that we've done, not only the very first episode that we've done, but the very first real podcast episode at the University of Wollongong. So today we've got exercise. Um, this is, I'm really. I'm really excited about this one. Exercise is one of my, um, it's the reason I'm still alive, I think, really. I'm, I'm a bit OCD about my exercise. I have to exercise five or six times a week. It's the reason why we came in late today. It is, <laughs> yes. So tell me about your exercise regime this morning. Well, myself, I'm an early exerciser. I didn't used to be a really big fan, but I just find if you leave it to after work or in the afternoon, I just don't get it done. So I'm a 6am, get up, go smash it out in the gym, usually about an hour. I do like doing sort of circuit hit kind of style, weight resistance, mixes it up. Yeah, that's the thing. When I discovered in my late 30s, high hit, so it's high high intensity interval Training. training. Yep. It changed my life. Uh, changed my life. I lost uh, about ten kilos without even wow. without even trying. I was never overweight in the first place. Yeah. So um, so here at the University of Wollongong, there's some really exciting stuff being done with exercise and the philosophy of exercise. Mm. And I think um, one two things why I really enjoyed making this this uh, program. One is that it actually involved a little bit of exercise. <laughs> Um, any excuse. <laughs> any, any excuse. I mean, it was very, very gentle exercise as you were here. But, but the second thing, I, I don't want to spoil it really, is that there's, there's a really powerful idea that's being explored here by Dr. Christian Swan, who is our second interview in this program, mm. where, which goes, in my view, it goes well beyond exercise. It actually goes to a philosophy of life about how... Um, how we should live life in a way that is open to new experience and uh, and and is a way that um, counters anxiety. Mm. You know, there's this thing about anxiety versus excitement; they're very similar. Um, and and in on my good days, I feel excited about things, and on my bad days, I feel anxious <laughs> about things. But yeah. actually, it's part of the same spectrum. It makes a huge difference. I, I personally have felt the difference that it makes. If I don't exercise, uh, especially on a day when I've got a lot on, I feel really anxious, under pressure, constantly. Mm. So how often do you, would you exercise in a week? Probably six days. It's. I used to... It was one of those things where once you start get started, you get addicted to it. You can't stop. And I used to have to force myself to take rest days because, I mean, that is just as important as the time you do spend working out. But, yeah... I mean, I love it. It really makes a huge difference. Mm, I, I agree. Actually, it took me a while. To begin with, I was really fearful that I would stop. Mm. Um, and then it slowly dawned on me that actually I can't stop. Yeah. That, that there's nothing to fear there. I, I actually cannot stop. And same as you, I actually had to have to, because it is very important to have at least one, probably even two rest days mm. for your body to recover. And that's probably where I um, need to try a bit harder. Yeah, balance. 
balance. So, okay, so the first voice we're going to hear is a guy called Nigel Benn, mm. who is a former world champion middleweight boxer from uh, Britain. He now mm. lives. He's he's a he, um, he got Christianity. He got he found God in a I very see. big way. <laughs> um, he was called the Destroyer with good reason. In 1995, he fought an American boxer called Gerald McClellan, mm. and in I think it was in the eighth round. Um, almost killed him. Whoa. Um, and Gerald McClellan, they're now quite good friends, I think. Gerald McClellan is a paraplegic wow. um, because of that. Um, what you will find, so, so he is the first voice that you'll hear, and I put him in partly because he's just a character and I love boxing, <laughs> um, but also you'll hear that this, this is about much more than about exercise. It's about, it's about mental health. It's about good living it's about survival, and you'll hear here, the first thing that you'll hear is you hear Nigel Benn, one of the fittest men and most successful athletes on the planet, and how exercise did nothing for his mental health. I was in the car with a hose pipe in there, crying my eyes out, two-time world champion, exhaust, with a pipe to the, the exhaust, coming through the back and sitting all game and picking each other. And this is a world champion crying his eyes out. I didn't know if I wanted to die, and the hose come out three times out of my car. It wasn't my time. That's why, so me talking about boxing being world champion, making millions, that's not it. And you know what all, all I wanted was, William, is someone to just say, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. All right, so this guy had a lot going on. He was really messed up. Yeah, and isn't that what we all want, really, like... You're going to be all right. That's that's what we all want. And let's hear maybe about how exercise and taking care of our physical body can mm. actually give us that sense of that it's all going to be okay. Yeah, relief. Oh, I'm not active or I don't eat very well uh, a lot of the time. And usually I feel like garbage because you're kind of just, you're just eating garbage and you're doing nothing and you're just kind of like, this is shitty and is what a shitty human would do. And then you do that, and you're like, oh, I must be a shitty human. So it's kind of... But then you feel shittier, so then you eat garbage again. And it's like a big catch-22. Like, I think it goes hand-in-hand, hand because it's pretty much a vicious cycle. Like, as soon as you start getting down you probably stop taking care of yourself and then you feel worse and it is just like I hate saying it because everyone says it but it's like really if you feel down like if you go for a walk like it can actually just change your outlook like a little bit and then be like oh okay I could probably just like do today it's gonna be all right like I'm not a hugely fit person but if I haven't exercised in days I'll be like Wow, I'm so angry. Wow, I'm just, like everything sucks so much. I just want to stop it there because I just had this this thought. Have you ever read Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance? No. My probably 
my favourite book of all time. Um, there's a part in there where he talks about how important it is to, when you get stuck in a mental trap, mm. just to walk away. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. Um, and not to, when, when things are just not working out, you just stop, walk away. Do something different. Do something different. This is where exercise comes in. Yes, definitely. Don't you think? Yeah. Go I, for a swim, go for a walk, whatever. Change what you're doing. Change what you're doing. And, and there's nothing better than exercise. I still do it. I go for a walk around the block. All right, let's get on with it. Tell us what we're about to do. Um, yep, so we're running a study um, with adults. And what we're doing is basically going to be a walking task. So we'll do um, three attempts of a six-minute walking task. And then what we'll do between I'm here at the UOW Sporting Hub with Matthew Schweikel, a PhD student who's conducting groundbreaking research into what motivates us to get moving. His supervisor is Dr. Christian Swan. We'll meet him later. Surprise, it's me by the end. No, no, it should be pretty easy, I think. It should be pretty... Um, it's a sub-maximal one, so it shouldn't be too strenuous. And most of the questionnaires are fairly straightforward yeah. as well. So. And, and what are you hoping to find out? Um, so essentially what we're looking at is how, when we set different types of goals before tasks, how that influences how people experience that task. So basically what we do is we manipulate basically the instruction we give to people before they do the walking task. And then we take measures of their subjective experience of that task, so essentially how they felt during the task, um, how hard they thought they were working, um, kind of how intense it was, things like that. I'm walking, here's the need, I'm talking, by you and me, I'm hoping that you come back to me. So, so I just, it's, it's just easy walking, there's no competitive edge to this. For each attempt, I'll give you an instruction of what we want you to do with regards to pace. Um, so for this one, I'll just want you to walk at your normal pace for six minutes. So I walked around the basketball court in silence for six minutes. And a surprisingly pleasant experience it was too. I was alone with my thoughts, my body felt strong, I was immersed in the experience. Then came the second challenge. All right, so second attempt, what's this one then? (laughs) Okay, so for the second attempt, um, we're going to slightly change the instruction. So um, for the first attempt, you walked 501.43 metres, which is about 5.4 laps. So for this attempt, I want you to walk 585 metres, which equates to 6.3 laps in six minutes. So just under a lap further. Cool. All right, so a little bit faster, but not a lot faster. (laughs) Something like that, yep. Okay, so that's about, what, say 20% faster, something like that. It's about 16. 16%, 16%. yep. All right. Okay, I can do it, I can do it. (laughs) I'm walking... So the second time around, I felt stress. Suddenly, I had a deadline. I had a goal. And although it was easy enough, I have to confess to performance anxiety, and not for the first time in my life. Okay, so here you go. The last one. What's the last one? (laughs) Okay, so for the last one. um, So in your second attempt, so your most recent one, 
you walked 568.85 meters, so that's about 6.1 laps. So for this one, I want you to walk 616.25 meters, so that's about 6.6 laps, so half a lap further than last time. Okay? All right, okay. <laughs> that doesn't sound too hard. Okay. I'm walking, here's the knee, and I'm talking, but you and me, I'm hoping that you come back to me. And the strange thing about the last six minutes was that I find myself enjoying this most of all. I knew what I had to do, I knew I could achieve it, and I felt a sense of challenge. It was time to answer a few last questions from Matthew Schweichel before going to find out what this was all about. How likely is it out of 10 that you would come back knowing that you wouldn't get an incentive next time or that we weren't doing it? for the podcast or whatever, just based solely on the... Um, I'm getting the coffee voucher there, aren't I? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, okay. That was a moment of pressure. <laughs> no, you'll definitely get that. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, no, I do it. I, I do it. I find it a very enjoyable so, experience. What would you say out of 10? Um, I'd say eight or nine, eight, probably. Eight. Brilliant. Okay, awesome. thank you very much. Okay, thanks. Now, it's off to meet, I guess, your boss, is it? Your, that's the, it. Yeah, that's so it. Christian, Christian Swan, let's go and see what he has to say about all of this. I think it's hilarious how the second time you got quite anxious when it came to doing that walk. Yes, well, as you will hear coming up, this is the big idea that's coming up with Christian Swan and why it's much more than just exercise. It's actually about our perception of things. It's not, not actually what we're doing. It's, what, it's, it's the stuff in our head. It's not the stuff in our body. It's the stuff in our head. Well, the I su- thing. Yeah, I suppose a lot of people don't think about making that um, connection. People are thinking, oh, I'm spending time exercising because it's going to make me look better, feel better physically. People aren't necessarily thinking about what, yeah, what's happening in your head, in your mind. Yeah, and, and the only question you have to ask yourself is why do, I don't know, I'm making this up here, but why do 80% of gym memberships never actually get done? You know, yeah. Why is there such a high failure rate for people who have you know, New Year's resolutions? resolutions? And how do we get around that? That that's goes to the core of what this research is all about. How do we get people motivated like you and I are? So to the point where you actually just can't stop. And, and I know that in 10, 20 years' time, I'll still be exercising. I know that. I don't know many things in life, but that I do know. And so that's the big question. And let's hear what Christian Swan has to say, because this is, I think, really interesting. All right, so first up, can you just introduce yourself? So just tell us your name and just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so my name's Christian Swan. I'm a research fellow at University of Wollongong. Um, my background is sport and exercise psychology and I'm particularly interested in the psychological factors that influence our capacity to adhere to exercise, to stay, stick with it long term. So what Christian Swan explains is that for the past 50 years, the way to motivate people has been to set goals. But this, he believes, is only part of the story. When we think about exercise and high-intensity exercise in particular, it's not very pleasurable. Certainly at the start, when you're new to it, um, the feelings that we get during the activity are probably pretty crappy. So you will, you will hate it at the time and wish that you were still in bed, but <laughs> having done that, you'll feel good for the rest of the day. 
Yeah, that's very much the idea. But there's very strong evidence that unless we enjoy it at the time, then afterwards doesn't mean much at all. So we can't really rely on the after-exercise feelings with the expectation that it's going to make people or help people stay active long-term. So what we really need to do is find ways of helping people enjoy exercise while they're doing it. Really what we are focusing on is how to make exercise enjoyable at the time. And we think that if we can find ways of doing that better, then there's a greater chance of keeping people active long-term. And here, the crucial idea is to differentiate between goal-setting, where you either win or you lose, or what Christian Swan calls exploratory exercise. Let's hear him explain this big and revolutionary idea through his experience with elite golfers in Europe. Okay, so listen up. This, this, this is, if you only listen to one bit of this podcast, this is the bit you really want to listen to, the exploratory exercise. This, this is the big idea coming up top golfers, Ryder Cup players say that they might get off to a good start and then they want to see how many under par they can get. They want to see how big a lead they can build. So it seems like almost deliberately they're not putting specific targets on what they're trying to do at that point in time. It's much more exploratory. We see that when these exploratory goals are set that the experience seems to be much more enjoyable, rewarding, more pleasant. Participants have higher confidence while they're doing it and more motivated. So we think there are alternatives to setting specific goals and we think that that might be able to induce more pleasant experiences during exercise and physical activity and obviously long-term lead to a better chance of people staying active and engaged in, in what they're doing. Literally, you can talk to some of the best athletes in the world and they will at times set specific goals and at times set these more exploratory open goals so it doesn't seem to be restricted to level of skill or expertise or anything like that it seems like they can kind of chop and change and use both for what they are they are competent at switching between the two much much less is known about the other side of it and the more open and exploratory types of goals which we're trying to learn more about now so the lesson seems to be if you take the pressure off you take away the kpis not only are you more likely to enjoy the experience, but your performance is likely to be as good or even better. And this is where the research gets really powerful. It's not necessarily about how much are they going to be able to do in eight weeks' time. It's where are they going to be in 20, 30 years' time. Are they still going to be coming to the gym? Are they still going to be following exercise routines? Are they still trying to maintain physical activity? If we can figure out how to help people go through that process of seeing the improvements, not having the stress or pressure or barriers psychologically, and if we can figure out that process of helping people fall in love with exercise and physical activity, then long term, we suspect they'll be able to maintain it. When life gets in the way, they'll be able to bounce back and start again. I think exercise is extremely important in my mental health. Even just the getting out in the open, like getting some sunshine. Often I exercise with friends, so I'm, I'm socialising at the same time. Like There's all these added benefits that come with exercising that enrich your mental health. I think exercise is a massive help. Pumping out some of that nervous energy in you know a good run or something 
really helps to calm me down. There's a lot there that I had just never even thought about before. Um, I mean, some of the points that Christian was making, yeah, you just don't take it into consideration. I mean, a lot of people, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there listening who have not discovered this addiction of exercise. They're listening to this like, yeah, yeah, sure, right, okay, whatever, whatever you say. But probably the first thing that I listened to that I thought, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense is – the reason why I exercise in the morning is because then I have that good feeling for the rest of the day. I found very quickly that if I exercised in the afternoon or in the evening, you go home, you make dinner, you go to bed. That good endorphin rush feeling is kind of wasted for the rest of the day. So, I mean, I I think it really sets you up for feeling really good. And, you know, I mean, it's worth people trying if you haven't gone out there, just go for a walk or something. I don't know. But the second thing that I thought was really interesting is that whole changing like the goal setting idea some of the funnest times that I've had in the gym or exercising is not been going in and saying I'm gonna do this plan it's just been like I'm gonna go in and see what crazy things I can do with my body how heavy can I lift this weight can I do pull-ups can I try this new little ab thing and that's usually when I've been like oh this is actually really fun you know you're just playing around it's just Big just, kids. And that's it, isn't it? It's just playing around. It's like the, the kids' stuff. It's yeah. playing. I remember there was a time when I got quite friendly with uh, Paul Field, who was the manager of the Wiggles. Mm. Um, and I remember what, him telling me one thing that has really stuck with me about, about, about the next thing he will do will just be the next adventure. Yeah. And what a great view of life that is, that whatever happens, it's not about, oh, am I going to run out of money or I'm going to be homeless, whatever the, you know, my personal anxieties might be from day to day. It's Mm. like, what's the next adventure? Yeah, just have fun. And that's the, so it's about exploring life. It's about going, I wonder what's around this corner. Um, And that's what I find really exciting about this. Uh, uh, Quite apart from the exercise thing, it's about a living thing. It's about what is your attitude to life? Is Is it about what's about to go wrong it's the anxiety excitement thing again well another thing that I sort of thought about and you know it's taking it into a bit of a dark place I guess but you know not everyone has the opportunity to get out there and be active and you know using their bodies to the best of their ability so you know if you've got this opportunity you might as well do it uh, yes, and um, since I'm a little bit older than you, <laughs> I actually haven't yet got to the stage. I'm still doing things physically, still doing things at the age of a little bit older than you that I haven't, I've never done before. Yeah. I'm so proud of that. I mean, that that isn't going to last. Clearly, there are going to be, oh, maybe it will. I don't know, maybe when I'm 60, 70, 80, I'll still be doing things physically that I've never done before in my life. But right now... You know, I'm still getting personal bests on the rowing machine. I'm exactly. still getting personal bests on the on weight and so on. And, and that gives me so much joy, really. Yeah, and that's that's that part of that good feeling that you get. You know, you finish and you go home and you're like, yes, I smashed that. Right. Nailed it. <laughs> okay, so get out there, exercise, be good to yourself. That's the message, message of this podcast. All right, so that's just about it for our very first episode of Can You Tell Me Why? What have we got next time, Hannah? Well, next time I'm taking a plunge into something that's up and coming now, looking into fathers. So not surprisingly, there is quite a lot of research currently out there about 
the importance of the bond between a mother and their child, but there's not a lot of research about this connection between fathers and their kids. And surprisingly, it is quite important, particularly in their early development when it comes to literacy and reading. I definitely think that having a good balance between strong and strong female and strong male role models is what makes a well-rounded person. When I talked to dads as well, I said, do you realise that what you're doing is actually really important? So if you're not doing it, you know, your child is missing out, mm. you know. You don't want to say that directly, but that's actually, that's kind of the message. You get really the chance to connect with your child that you otherwise don't get. I mean, everybody that works and puts their children in childcare, you see them only a couple of hours a day. All right, I can't wait for that. It's going to be a very personal one for me as a father of four children. Um, it's going to be great. So thanks for listening to Can You Tell Me Why, the podcast where we find surprising answers to difficult questions using University of Wollongong researchers. What a great university this is. If you want to find out more, go and, go and visit the stand at the University of Wollongong, which is stand.uow.edu.au. That's stand.uow.edu.au. You'll find all the podcasts as well as where you can subscribe to them. My name's William Verity. I'm Hannah Laxton-Kuntz. See you next time. Mm-hmm.